0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
1: Well, let's see if we get renewed. And I think that's how we're (laughs) going to start. Geekiest show ever this week, people, is are you going to come back and listen to us? (laughs) And and actually, I think what we're going to do this week is it's something we've talked about a little bit. Um, I think we're calling this Corn TV I see if I can say that correctly. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the shows that we watched and discovered while we were, you know. uh, well, still are. (laughs) Well, yeah, some of us are locked up. Some of us, you know, whatever. But the stuff we've been watching, because, you know, quite often we talk about tech and all this other stuff. But we also geek out about shows and such. We haven't had one in a while here. So we thought, let's, uh, you know, uh, talk about some of the the shows that we we've, we've watched and we thought something i'm not all of the ones i've got down here i necessarily like but i put them on here just for so we can comment on them so um
0: kind of like a book club but for geeks
1: sure sure We're and you're
0: lazy to read
1: <laughs> well you know it's like i say I, I, not lazy i just well yeah it is a little lazy but uh it's yeah i like audiobooks <laughs> yeah it is um but, you know, watching video is a little, when you're at work, is a little harder. Audio, mm, you know, true. that's easier. But I, but I do have, um, for nights like when I'm auto scrubbing and all I have to do is go up and down the hall, it doesn't require 100% attention. I do have this little loop that you put around your neck that will hold the, t- uh, the, uh, the iPhone in front of you there. Oh, yeah, my so, kiddo has one of those too. Yeah, so I can, you know, put it there and I don't have to watch it. Uh, real intently, I can get most of the gist of it just by listening to it and then glancing down once in a while. Uh, so, there's times I'm doing something kind of mindless or maybe vacuum cleaning. I will do that, watch a show then. But, you know, most of the time I just have to sit down and force myself to watch something here at home. And to me, just to sit there and watch something, I just get. Fancy. Mm-hmm. I then I end up picking up the phone and you know half watching it or Double something. Screening. But,
2: that's why yeah. I knit Mike. Yep.
1: Well <laughs> when I watch what...
2: TV, my hands are knitting or crocheting. Yep.
1: Well then I uh I'll play, like, Farm Simulator because I don't have to concentrate on that 100% or maybe Civilization or something. But, you know, obviously not a first-person shooter game. There you want to kind of want to pay attention to what you're doing. But, yeah, depending upon what video game I'm playing, I can uh, do that, watch TV and play the video game. But so why don't we start with uh, – Alisa? Uh, uh, why don't we start with uh, what you, the, the shows that you have, and we'll just kind of discuss them.
2: I got a list. <clears throat> so – I've got Internet Movie Database open, and I've got them separated by um, network. So on Amazon Prime, I was watching Hunters.
1: Okay. What's
0: that
2: about? Besides Hunters. (laughs) Okay. Hunters came out in February. It stars Al Pacino takes a little getting used to having him in the lead role this you know italian man is playing a jewish nazi hunter oh boy so it took a little a little bit to get used to that but the description is in 1977 in new york city a troubled young jewish man bent on revenge is taken in by a secret group of nazi hunters fighting a clandestine war against the cabal of high-ranking nazi officials in hiding who work to create the fourth reich so basically Al Pacino, it's uh, 10 episodes, right? I think it was 10 episodes. Where is it here? Uh, Al Pacino is a Holocaust survivor, comes to New York City, and on the side, he's very well known in the city, and on the side, he is a Nazi hunter, along with a actor who thinks he's better than he really is. Uh, uh, That also includes a married couple who survived the Holocaust. It also includes a Asian-American man who still has flashbacks from being in Vietnam, which was only a few years prior, and a young black woman who is also caught up in the civil rights, women's rights that are going on at the time. So you've got this. Oh, and a nun. And a nun. Got to have a nun. (laughs) So, yep. So you've got all these different kinds of people that are all together working to kill the Nazis that came from Germany and are now living and working in the United States. Wow. Takes a little bit to get into. And I thought it was one of these shows that was a one and done. You watched it and that was that. But there is a second season.
1: Huh.
2: Hmm. And there's you know, some twists and turns going on.
1: I did see that on uh, when I go through Prime. I did see it up there, so I, and I kind of knew the basic gist of it. I knew Nazi hunters and a few other things. Um, this I is didn't on know Amazon what the,
0: Prime did you say? Amazon yeah. Prime, mm-hmm. oh,
1: okay. Yeah, like I said, I did see that one, and uh, yeah, I could. Uh, you know, Al Pacino is an interesting actor, and I know some of these people. Um, yeah, I know a few of them, so this could actually be you know interesting to watch.
0: Speaking of Nazis, that's not something I say every time. <laughs> uh, have you guys? Uh, have any of you watched Jojo Rabbit, the movie?
1: No, that's again. I'm I've heard about it.
0: Out. My husband yeah. went to see it in the theater, and it was really deep. He said, and it was something that my son wanted to watch, and he was like, eh, "I don't know. I could I could barely handle it myself." So we're we're gonna. I have
2: think to that was the movie that won best director.
0: Yeah. So yeah, uh,
1: let's see. I've heard him talk about it on uh, Court Killers podcast. National
0: Board of Review and the American Film List, one of 10 best films of the year. Yep. At the 92nd Academy Awards. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is one of the characters, one of the actors in it.
2: Mm -hmm. She was in two movies. I think she was nominated for two movies Mm -hmm. this past year. I can't remember what the other one was.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't watch a whole lot of movies, but yeah, we don't I, either. I don't have the attention span for them. But this was, you know, if we were going to watch a movie, this was one we were going to look into renting or something when it came out on available to rent. Well, the other I did watch a movie, though, a few
2: weeks back, we watched Just Mercy. It is free on Amazon, although I don't know for how long it's still it's not on Prime as, you know, as a regular Prime movie, but you still have to go through the process of renting it. But mm. You know, you put your PIN number in, but it's free. It's not on Netflix. I, I'm i not sure about HBO or Showtime or any of those um, services, but they released it along with some other movies just for what's going on in the world right now. Mm-hmm. They released a lot of, of movies. So Just Mercy, which I did not realize was a true story until the very end of the credits. it's um,
0: Who stars civil r-
2: It is Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Fox tongue, I
0: was like please tell me what it
2: is. Yeah, Jamie Fox plays a man who was wrongly convicted of a murder and is on death row. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael Jordan plays Brian Stevenson who is a civil rights attorney that tries to free him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And this takes place in Alabama and you just look around at all the crap they did. Like if someone is on death row, it doesn't happen within a couple of years that they go from being convicted to being sent to the electric chair. And this happened immediately. And when someone is on death row, usually it's what within the week of their targeted date, he was on death row for a year. Just, you just saw so many holes in the story. Not yeah. not in the movie, but in the story of what happened. So I'm not sure if this is going to be free after June 30th, but it is as of right now. So that was on Prime. Okay. And, okay, so let me go to my next one. On Hulu. Just
0: Mercy or Mercy?
2: Just just Mercy, J-U-S-T, Mercy. And then on Hulu, I was watching Little Fires Everywhere.
1: Hmm. Again, I've heard of that one.
2: Yeah, it's based on a book, and I guess the book was really good. And I thought I saw people saying that a couple of things happened in the series that was different from the book. I'm not really sure because I didn't read the book. Um, let me find the descriptions. So I can give you, a, give you a better description. Little fires everywhere. Okay. It's Reese, Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington. And it's, follows the intertwined fates of the picture-perfect Richardson family and an enigmatic mother and daughter who upend their lives. So Reese Witherspoon's character is married to a lawyer. She's got four children. She has a very bad relationship with her fourth child, which will be explained in in the show. And Kerry Washington's character is a homeless mother with her daughter sleeping in a car. And that's how Reese finds her. Her character finds her. And it's just how they interact with each other and how just different attitudes and different privileges and just, it was, I don't know, it was okay. I did not like the ending, be honest with you. I did not like how it ended. Um, it was okay worth watching yes but it wouldn't i wouldn't put it as wow you have to watch this show but that one's on hulu and the other hulu show i watched was mrs america which is about the women's um, the the um, national organization of women the equal rights amendment kate um, blanchett yes
1: phyllis, phyllis shaftley
2: yes kate blanchett okay. plays phyllis plays phyllis Shafley, to say that very slowly she is such a good actress because
0: what movie or what show was this or was it a movie this is called
2: mrs america it's a series it's just it was one of these one-off series and it focused on a different person each week but it was basically about the you know the the era you had gloria steinem you had Shirley chisholm you had um oh i can't remember her name but it was don um what was his name um he was in the bush administration i think as the secretary of defense Don, Rums Rumsfeld.
1: Okay.
2: Is that the right name?
1: Could okay. be. Either his, that or Don Baker.
2: No, it wasn't Don Baker.
1: Rumsfeld, yeah, okay. Rumsfeld,
2: yep. yeah. So his wife was part of the movement. Um, Kate Blanchett such a good actress. I mean, she looked like Phyllis Shafley. She sounded like her. And you didn't like her like you don't like Phyllis Shafley. Phyllis Shafley is a very strong personality And very egocentric. She's very, um, she puts, passive aggressive, I guess, is what you would call her. Because she puts people down thinking that she's, what she's doing is the right thing. And she's just insulting people left and right. But it was was interesting. It was interesting because you saw it from both perspectives. You saw it from the why people want the ERA ERA to pass and why people didn't want the ERA to pass. So you saw it all around from everybody's perspective. So that and that just finished a few weeks ago. That was on Hulu. Apple TV, I watched Defending Jacob, which is about a 14 year old boy who is accused of murdering his classmate. And the question is, did he or didn't he? Because there's a lot of evidence to show that he did. And the father, his father, Jacob's father, is the assistant district attorney in the county where he lives in Massachusetts.
0: Was it hard to watch, like having Um, kids of your own? Like, was it difficult? No, no, no.
2: But it was just the relationship between the parents to each other and the parents to the child. Mm. And there were no siblings. So Mm. it's just him. So Everybody was focused on him. And he is definitely a weird kid. So a lot of things that he said and did, it's one of those shows where you go, yeah, he did it. And then something else happened. No, he didn't. Mm-hmm. Then something else Bands happened. Yeah. Then you start to think, oh, it wasn't him. It was this person who did it. And nope, it wasn't fiction. him.
0: This isn't like based on a true story. It was based either? on a book,
2: based kind on of. a book, another book where the ending was different than the show. Oh,
0: okay.
2: But not a true it story. It was good.
0: A fiction story.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I almost forgot about Apple TV. I mean. <laughs> you
0: still uh, have after, a free trial, right?
1: <laughs> right, yeah. After I watched mm-hmm. the morning show. Um, yeah, yeah. And I tried to watch the um, For All Mankind, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one just never clicked with me. And after yeah. that, I just haven't I got so back to it. I was so disappointed
2: that it was good, but it wasn't great for All Mankind. I was really disappointed. I thought that would be the best one. But besides Defending Jacob, there's Dear dot, dot, dot. And oh. there's 10 episodes. They run between 20 and 30 minutes. And they had different people, different walks of life. They had Misty Copeland from ballet. They had um, Allie Riceman from gymnastics. They had Stevie Wonder, Lynn manuel Miranda, Oprah Winfrey. Um, I can't remember who else they had. Oh, um, Spike Lee. But they had 10 different people. And the premise of it is people wrote them letters, you know, dear Spike, you know, watching this movie changed my life, blah, blah, blah. So it was kind of a history of that person and how they got to where they are now as far as being a director, being a ballet dancer, being a gymnast. You know, Ali Riceman talked about the sexual abuse and what she did afterwards and went to court to face the accuser. And you're also reading letters. And then they would have, so like say, Melissa, you wrote the letter to Ali because you went through the same thing in your life, you know, for example, they, the camera followed you. And it, in all honesty, it got a little cheesy because there were reenactments. So if it happened to you when you were 16 years old, they would find a young you Mm -hmm. and, you know, show you doing gymnastics, but then you as an adult walking through the um, the gym, reading the letter. Like so little, I mean, things tiny were a, macro
0: biographies or something. Yeah, yeah it was a little counts. cheesy, but it was still, you
2: know, it was it was nice to see that the different people were appreciated for whatever it is that they do. And then yesterday on Apple TV, I watched the documentary Dads, and it was oh, directed was by Bryce um, Bryce Dallas Howard, Ron Howard's daughter.
0: Really? And I didn't know she was it a director.
2: Was, I, I I thought it was really sweet. It was about an hour and 20 minutes. They talked a little bit with um, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Conan O'Brien, Will Smith, um, another person who might be a comedian who I have no idea who he is, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. And they would say, you know, what's it like being a dad for you? What's your greatest fear about having children? What's your greatest hope? And just ask them different questions. And then they did a deep dive into individual people. You know, one man who's when he found out his it wasn't even his girlfriend, it was just a really close friend and they had gotten together when she was pregnant. He didn't want the baby. But now he is like a 24, 7, 365 dad works, you know, a ton of jobs and the poor child has um was born with a heart defect. So it just showed how, you know, everything this father has it has done and is doing to teach his son to be a good person, a good man. And they had a a dad in Japan and a dad in Brazil. And they had um, a gay couple with the children they adopted. And they just had different fathers. And what does it mean to be a father to me? So some people knocked it when I was reading reviews about it. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was really, it was, it was sweet. I
0: was I was wondering and then, if that was going to be a good one to watch. It sounds like you've uh, gotten, so far, a pretty good fill of Apple TV+. Plus. I think you've uh, gotten your free trials worth, right? Yeah, I have.
2: <laughs> and then finally, on Netflix, um, we watched two movies that were allegedly good. One was called Extraction, which is, um, I guess, a... Former military man is hired to get people out of bad situations. He was hired to get a uh, Middle Eastern drug lord son away so
0: basically from. Basically, it's Pulp Fiction 2020.
2: <laughs> it, after about 40 minutes, I'm like, I'm out of here. Hmm.
1: Is that uh, Chris Hemsworth?
2: Yeah, yeah. I okay. just said,
0: oh, I'll have to watch I just that. Yeah,
2: uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. I just said this. I said, "Nah." My husband mm-hmm. finished watching it, and I said, "Was it still as bad as?" It? He goes, "Yeah, it was." So I, I just couldn't deal with that. Stop and the same with. Un- and the same, I'm at the point in my life, there's just too much to do. If yeah. I don't like yeah, it, yeah. I'm done.
0: Yeah, you've said that before. I've tried, I've tried to be like that, too. I've tried to kind of take that advice to, to heart.
2: You know, if but you then, just can't yeah. stand it, you know, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. People were screaming that he didn't get an, uh, an Oscar nomination for it. It was so bad. <laughs> After about half an hour, again, I said, I am out of here.
1: Mm-hmm. This he's is
2: a, so bad. Uncut a, Gems.
1: Adam Sandler. Yeah, it's yeah. a serious
0: role.
2: It's a serious role. Oh,
0: that's why people have a hard time with veterans.
2: Well, he's a a jeweler who has a really bad gambling problem. F-bombs left and right, which isn't the reason. But it's just like, So again, I said, I'm out of here. I haven't finished watching. And I said, how was it? And he goes, it was just as bad.
0: (laughs) And that was on Netflix also? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. So that really disappointed me. But I also watched Ozark.
1: Okay, the series. Mm -hmm. Is that sort of... um... I think it's sort of a a crime drama, sort of um, what The Wire meets, um, um, oh shoot, let's see, Uh, Drug Lord thing. I've heard of it. I haven't watched it, but... um, It's
2: Jason Bateman and Laura Linney.
1: Let's see. Ozark. Uh,
2: And I believe I was watching season three. Yeah, it was okay. season three, it's basically the the synopsis calls it a financial advisor drags his family from Chicago to the Missouri Ozarks where he must launder money to appease a drug boss. That's okay. a season. Now season one was good. Season two was blah. Season three got better.
1: Okay, uh, yeah, I, uh, Breaking Bad. I think is what I was trying to think of something. Oh, I
2: love uh, Breaking Bad. I'm still this still has trying this does my husband to watch it. This Nothing? doesn't hold a candle to Breaking Bad. Okay. Really. Breaking Bad is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking Bad is a great show. But this is, you know, he was a financial advisor. He cooked the books for a mob and they killed his partner. So he went on the run. Hmm. And he ended up in the Ozarks. They caught up with him. And now he's got to launder money for this drug lord. Hmm. And it's just how how things progress. Because at first his wife was like, oh, my God. And now she's just like, she's all over it. She is extremely unlikable. His Uh wife, very unlikable. But there was a lot of twists and turns in this season and the very last episode. I had to go back and watch the last few minutes again. I'm like, whoa, I'm not going to say anything else. I did, but I had to go back and just go, oh, okay. Okay. But Ozark is really popular. Um, Space Force, did you start it, Melissa?
0: um i only still watched like the last two episodes i need to go back and start it over again
2: i've watched three and oh, it's not funny uh, I'm, not like it, huh? I'm not a steve carell fan i'm not a steve carell i think he is better as a serious actor oh okay then as a comedian i i i just don't i didn't find mm-hmm. it funny so i said i'm done
0: it's very and it'll... dry from what i've seen and then there's yeah. Lisa Kudrow, and I, I just, I, yeah, it was dry. There was just a lot of things that, like, cracked me up. I just remember thinking when I watched the few episodes that I did that the writing was really well, was was really well done.
1: Um, and I was going to start up my Netflix account for a little while, and mm. and that might be one of those that I watched, but I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, um, I'm not
2: going to go back to it.
1: There was one on... Uh, because I'm doing the trial for HBO Max, and there was one called Avenue Five, hmm. with um, oh, the guy that played uh, House.
0: Oh yeah, um, uh, Hugh, oh, Hugh. Laurie.
1: Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie yeah, I wanted I to say Peter Laurie. I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> uh, does he have
0: a British accent, or does he? Does he have an I, American accent?
1: I haven't watched it yet, but oh, okay. it looks uh, sort of uh, space ballish. Oh. Uh, uh, it, this it's a he's uh, the captain of this uh, big uh, luxury space liner or something like that, and and something happens and he's got to deal with it. And I don't remember quite the whole synopsis there. But look, you know, Peter Laurie when he's doing comedy can be rather interesting. And mm-hmm. I forget who all else is in there. But I thought, well, you know, hey, I'll watch that and see how it uh, goes. Um, but that's one to, uh, on my to watch list. But. Mm-hmm. um no, that one. so is that your uh no, your I got two stuff?
2: more and two, that okay. is it and i might okay. be forgetting some i don't know but i was trying to write down and remember what i watched um also on netflix is a show called hollywood seven episodes uh it's also a one off kind of show there's not going to be to my knowledge there isn't going to be more episodes but i guess there could be um it's called it says a group of aspiring actors and filmmakers in post-World War II Hollywood try to make it big no matter the cost. And it's created by Ryan Murphy. And it stars Darren Chris and Joe Mantello and Dylan McDermott, Holland Taylor, Jim Parsons. Oh my god, oh, Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons is <gasps> great. Oh my okay. God. Oh my God. He is, if you're expecting Sheldon, yeah, no.
0: Uh-uh.
2: Hundred and eighty different hundred and eighty degree difference. I
0: would watch it just he- to see that. <laughs>
2: He is so vile and so oh, foul mouth.
0: Really? Wow, I would like to see uh, that actually. <laughs> yeah, Patty Hollywood on ne- on Netflix. Yeah, it's called Hollywood. It's basically, oh.
2: it's 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 about um, it's almost like it's fiction based on fact, huh. where about how. If you were gay, like there's a lot of, you know, gay people in this. And if you were gay, you couldn't let people know you were gay because that was considered taboo. But the, the underlying premise is something, I'm not going to say what it is, but it's something that you've, I've never seen before as a, oh. as a theme of the show.
1: I'm just looking at the cast, and they have uh, Paget Brewster, who was on Criminal Minds, which is a show I really like to watch. And she's playing Tallulah Bankhead, uh, who was a notorious, yeah. notorious for uh, her uh, being gay in, in Hollywood. Mm-hmm.
2: And you had uh, Vivian Lee, you know, someone playing Vivian Lee, and you had Queen Latifah playing Hattie McDaniel. Oh, I like so that. there was a lot of fact uh, fiction based on fact. You know, she talked about how uh, going to the Academy Awards, she had, you know, had to sit somewhere else. She could not sit with everybody else at the, you know, being sure. a black woman at that right. time, she could not, you know, sit with everybody else. So there's a lot of realism in this, but it's, it's definitely of, a different premise as far as the the, um,
1: the plot. It's sort of docu-drama-ish. Then. Um Fact I don't know fiction. if you would.
2: I don't know if you would call it that because it's definitely. I don't know. I think my kids were starting to watch it today.
1: Okay.
2: Because one of them texted me today, said, "Did you watch Hollywood?" So it was. Um, it was interesting. And then okay. finally, we finally jumped on the bandwagon, and we are watching Schitt's Creek.
1: What's Again,
0: that, I've what's seen that, uh, that. network. What's ne- what network? Network is Netflix. Oh, Netflix. Netflix.
2: Okay. And it's super easy to watch because the episodes Creek? are twenty two minutes twenty two minutes
1: long.
0: Is that spelled S C H? Uh,
2: S C H I T T apostrophe S. Shutz Creek.
1: Okay, Eugene Levy, Catherine yep. O'Hare. That right there might be worth the price of admission. Yep.
2: His oh Chris son-
1: Elliott. Okay.
2: Oh my God, he's such a jerk. <laughs> but his, uh, when rich video star magnate Johnny Rose and his family suddenly find themselves broke, they are forced to leave their pampered lives to regroup in Shit's Creek. Uh-huh. So, Schitt's Creek is the name of a place, and we've decided that it's in Canada.
0: We've huh, decided. Because to.
2: they never tell you where, but uh-huh. they oh, are Canadian. Oh, this is
0: like the picture. Yes, I have seen this. Yes, this is very funny. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and Catherine uh, Catherine O'Hara plays his wife, Mora
2: More more I can not ever say it. Mora M O I R A, yeah. and she is a soap opera actress, and she is so oh, over the top.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: she, she's extremely over the top, and then her daughter Alexis always talks about her well that one time that i was kidnapped by a russian spy over the um you know pacific ocean and that other time that i was held hostage by an iranian uh shah you know she just just like these crazy things and then david is um eugene levy's real life son hmm. and then the person who plays uh, twyla is his real life daughter
0: hmm interesting I didn't know you
2: who know, plays okay. in the
0: uh,
2: in the diner? It's funny. It's but it's subtly funny. That's yeah, what yeah. I like about it. It's not rolling on the floor laughing. You don't have the laugh track. It's just adult cerebral humor.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's well, it.
2: I've watched enough.
1: Okay, <laughs> so what? What, uh, what's been filling your eye holes, uh, Melissa? <laughs> Good,
0: great question. <laughs> well, I, I only have three that I actually picked out for discussing on today's show. And those three are Upload, The Great, and Community. So <sighs> I'll start with Upload because I think we have all watched, or actually maybe I should go backwards. Have we, or maybe I should just survey. Who has watched Community? Like one episode and I hated it. Really?
1: Okay. Uh, mm. No, uh, but I don't know that I've maybe seen clips, but I don't know that I've ever watched one, so.
0: So, um, Community has uh, Michael Hale, I want to say. Joel McHale. Jo- Joel McHale, that's what it is, yeah. And uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, and I can't think, oh, Chevy Chase. <laughs> you almost have to, like, watch it just for Chevy Chase. Um, he plays a really funny character on there. I, I like it. It's it's about these people who go to community college and it's it's very campy very goofy maybe that's why maybe that's the appeal but what's interesting about this the reason why i wanted to bring it up why it was on my picks is because i watched it years ago nate and i did and i want to say i don't remember actually watching it on a regular tv or maybe we watched part of it but i think it was back when it was a web show or something maybe on yahoo or one of the used to be on nbc maybe that's what it was but I know we watched it together, and I think it was pre-kids, or maybe we only had one kid or something. But I remember like it was our it was our TV show baby, you know, it was the thing that we would watch together and only together. And I don't remember there was this many episodes of it, so I don't know that I've watched every single one of them because there are a lot of them. Um, but then for some reason, like I hadn't thought about it for years, and then my my teenager came to me one day and said hey guys i i, I want to watch community my my friends one of my friends told me that it was hilarious i guess he he described one of the scenes in one of the episodes, and I don't remember which one it was at the time. Now, but he said that uh, the way that he ex- his friend explained it to him, they both were you know rolling in fits of laughter, and so then you know Lucian had to go and watch the rest of it, and then he came to us and said, "Have you ever watched this?" And we're like, "Oh yeah, it was a really great show," and we kind of looked at each other a little bit and raised an eyebrow. We're like, "Hmm, it's kind of very like adult humor, and you know, there's some." there's some there's not of course they don't show overt sex or anything but you know there's making out and there's implied sex and things like that and so we're at this we're at these crossroads now where we have children who are three and a half years age difference and for the teenagers like yeah he could probably handle it and you know he's very snarky like we are and (laughs) god help us all um whereas like with with keegan like a lot of the stuff goes over his head he's only 10 so we thought eh, we could we could probably do it there are there's Every once in a while when we're watching it, I think, oh, is this a bad idea? <laughs> but we just kind of keep moving on. And it gives us an opportunity to talk about things that they have questions. So it has that redeeming quality about it. But I just thought it was really interesting and really funny that my teenager actually came and so now we're rewatching it. And so a lot of the episodes I remember, but then it's nice to rewatch things because you see things that you didn't catch the first go around. Plus it was so many years ago that we watched it that it's interesting now, especially with, you know, things that are things that have happened since then. You know, you think, "Oh god, you know, these were these were simpler times." <laughs> Even though we were sleep deprived and, you know, had just became parents and everything. "Oh, it was a simpler time." It's just a matter of perspective. But uh yep. so, yeah, so community is is really funny. It's one of those kind of I, I personally think it's if you like that kind of humor, which I know you don't, Elisa, but if you do like that kind of campy, goofy humor, it's I think it's kind of a timeless classic that you can watch over and over again. And I just think it's really fun. They're very incredibly creative. I mean, just the kind of skits and the things they they come up with are I guess that's what I like about it the most is just the imagination the the things that that you know you can watch go right over the kids heads and you know Nate and I will laugh about it but then you know just the the way that they the way that they come up with these storylines each and every time it's like wow they just keep coming back with with a new hit so i really like that one um and then the next one is has anybody watched The Great on Hulu
1: no so The Great
0: this is one of those ones the reason why i picked it is because i i think Nate's the one that turned me on to it. He started watching it. And both of us tend to, if we're going to watch something that seems to be serious, we do like to kind of watch things that are based in history or, you know, historical fact-based kind of a thing. But he also likes campy kind of goofy stuff, too. And this has kind of both those things going for it. And then I saw somebody write about it on Twitter. And they, you know, I I saw a couple different people tweet about saying, oh, it was really great. And it was, you know, well done and this and that. I thought, okay, you know, well, now I got to go check it out. It, it piqued my interest since my husband started watching it. So I started watching it with him and I got about two or three episodes in and I was like ready, like you, at Lisa, I was thinking, oh, I'm done with this. Like, I can't, I can't handle this anymore because, so basically what it's about is um, it's, it's a miniseries. It's loosely based on the rise of Catherine the Great, the Empress of Russia. So it's based on her and it's partly factual, but then, you know, a lot of the stuff is made up. And at first I thought it was really serious because I thought this is about history. I didn't recognize at first that it was going to be a comedy as much as it was. And then I, you know, as you watch it, you start to see the funny parts. But in the beginning, I was like, oh, I can't I can't handle this because it was like overt, you know, trashing women, you know, because that's what they did back then. You know, women were this was back from a time when women were property. They were just, you know, a piece of furniture. they were basically one of the quotes in, in the in the show was you're just a tolerated womb. <laughs> because she was just her her job at 19 years of age was basically to give Peter the Great an heir. That was that was her only function in life. But she took the bull by the horns and she wanted something different out of it. So I don't want to give any spoilers away. But uh, yeah, I
1: thought I thought Catherine the Great took the horse by the there was a there's been rumors right. about those. They do yes.
0: address that.
1: <laughs> they do. Okay. They address yes. that
0: in a very humorous way, and it involves okay. the Gutenberg printing press. <laughs> Uh, so it was one of these things where I, I had to step away from it because I couldn't handle just the overt abuse of women. It was just very, ugh, it was just hard to watch. You know, it's not that it was, I mean, there's. I'll just, you know, come right now and say it. there's a lot of sex. There's a lot of, you know, sexual abuse. There's a, a lot of that stuff. So it was really difficult to stomach that at first. But I didn't quite get the humor of it until it got going, until I gave it another chance. And then I think I stopped watching it for, I don't know, it must have been a week or two. And then I saw somebody else write something about it online, and I thought, ugh, okay, I'm going to have to give this another chance because I just don't – I want to see what people actually see in this. And so my interest was piqued again, so I decided to watch it again. And then then I got hooked. And then then it became more about her taking control and kind of – Turning around her circumstances, put it that way, in a a very uh, detailed and creative way. And I just thought it was very well done because it, you know, the fabrics and the colors and, and, you know, it's a period thing. So I'm always interested in seeing how people produce a show that's based on history and what kinds of research that must have had to go into that to make it look believable and that sort of thing. I mean, a lot of the stuff was just way... You know, like I said, it was a comedy, so a lot of it was like, Yeah, that didn't happen. Um, but a lot of it was like, Oh, that probably happened that way and wow, okay, I hadn't thought about it that way. So I, I really I really enjoyed it and so I I recommend it. It's one of those things where again, you have to give it a chance and it might take two or three episodes, but then you know by then you should have figured out if you can tolerate watching it. But it does get better. So if you're like me and you're on the fence about it, I can say confidently that you eventually get over the hump and then you grow to love it. Whereas before I hated it, but it grew on me. It really grew on me. So then uh, the last one we'll talk about, and this is one that I think we've all watched by now is Upload. Yep. So I just adored the series. It's, it's just, it's one of those things like Breaking Bad or um, I don't know, like Dexter. I mean, those are not like this, but they're just the type of shows that I I will probably, and I did actually start watching this again. It was another one where we were like, hmm, could we, could we watch this with our teenager? And we kind of had to watch it, a, you know, a couple of episodes. till we decided, yeah, we could probably watch this with them. Because there was some sex scenes in it that, of course, they didn't show anything. But it was very implied, you know. Um, not Probably not the little one. But, yeah, the teenager could probably handle this. Because it was very techy. It was very geeky. So that's the thing that I liked about it the most was the, the tech aspect of it. My favorites... My favorite things about Upload is just the, the Easter eggs and the little nods to other things in culture and just the, the mere thought of when you watch this. So it's, it's about, um, how would we describe this? It, it takes place in the future. Let's see. I have the Wikipedia page open. So this is the is interesting it? thing. You have to look for these little details, but it takes place in tw- the year 2033. Yeah. So that's not, I mean, that's within our lifetime. Like that's not way, way far out in the future. Uh, And basically the premise is that it's humans are able to upload themselves into a virtual afterlife of their choosing. So kind of like we have social media now, we have social media platforms. Well, in this kind of story, when people die or before they die, if they know they're going to die or, you know, they make a, a plan, you know, living will or whatever, they try to live their life in such a way that they can get to the best afterlife. You know, they they try to do things in their life that that makes them get to the best afterlife. And it basically follows around this one character, Nathan, and he's a coder. He's a programmer. And let's see, how do I, I don't want to give too much away, but basically he, um, he dies. That's, that's pretty obvious. And he goes into this afterlife, but it's this rich girlfriend of his that chooses him for it chooses it for him and it kind of like shows how he's kind of trapped and it's a little bit of a about a like maybe digital purgatory if you will um but i just thought the technological angle like at first when i started watching it i thought oh god this is like uh this is like a dark mirror in a way but a funnier version of dark mirror right or it reminds you of westworld have any of you seen westworld no a little bit and and i think mike did you watch dark mirror Did, did either of you watch dark mirror
1: A little bit. I think one episode or something.
0: Right. So all of those things have to deal with uh, a future. You know, it's a futuristic thing where we are, um, our our consciousness is uploaded. Our consciousness is harvested so that when we die, we don't really die. Like our body's discarded, but our actual soul and and our consciousness has been harvested. It's been, you know, collected for all this time. And then it gets uploaded onto a server, gets put into a server somehow. So that's what does, what, what would you call those um, dystopian? I guess they're a dy- dystopian story or right. or, or utopian, mm-hmm. depending on. Well,
1: it depends how dark it gets. Um, yeah. yeah. And this one kind of straddles the line there. It, and, it you does, know, one.
0: Yeah, this is a little bit yes. leaning more towards the utopian, but with dark concentration. Shades.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. and I kind of like the uh, I like things that makes commentary. So they make a kind of a commentary about yes. your uploaded life will depend upon the uh, cash flow mm-hmm. that you have because they mm-hmm. have this place for people. Um, I forget what they what is call it, it the two now. Gigs? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so it's you, the haves it's, and the have-nots. Basically. Yeah. And so, you know, it depends upon how much storage you can afford, I guess, basically. And so when your two gigs are up, you just freeze for that month and you go into uh, stasis or something like that. And you come out when your two gigs are up. And, uh, so that's the low rent district, but the more money you have, the, you know, the better it is. But even still then, uh, you know, cause anybody who's done anything kind of online, um, either like you know played games or did online stuff i uh dipped in and out of second city a little bit which this is this is kind of like no second life second life yes yes uh-huh mm. uh i kind of you know I, sims sims yeah so I, that, that's that what i was
0: trying to say it like kind of pays homage to these things that we sure. have experienced in real life and you see it interpreted in the show and that's why I was talking about Easter eggs, like, oh, you may remember, you know, this the interfaces. Like, you know, and some of the things that made sense and some of the things that didn't. Like I said, it supposedly takes place in 2033. And what I love about it is, like, when, when you see it, um, the way that they talk on their phones. So, so in the year 2033, we don't carry around phones. We don't carry around physical objects, of, you know, for communication devices anymore. You do this gesture where you stick your hand out in, like, the letter L, whether it's your left hand or your right hand, and you just, you flick it outward and you, you you make a letter L with your hand. And then the, the space in between your, your thumb and your, your index finger is the phone. Like it becomes the screen that shows up or, you know, people have wearables. Like, so there's, you know, there's a little bit of a nod to the Apple watch or, you know, these wearables that we have where you talk on your watch. So there's a lot of, you know, Dick Tracy watch kind of stuff that we have now, but that's also in the future. But it's this hand gesture that you do where you you flick your hand out and then up pops your phone screen. But what's interesting is like in the year 2033, even though we're no longer doing, you know, if we're in, in the show, we're no longer touching physical devices and we're just kind of doing air gestures, which I really think is going to be a thing, <laughs> which I think is why it was so funny that they actually showed it this way. But uh, just that gesture that you do, and when you look at the interface, it's still the iPhone, like the current iPhone interface where you have, you know, the red circular hang up button at the bottom. And mm. uh, I just think it's really funny that they're using interfaces that we that we have currently. And yet we're led to believe that that's still going to be the interface. That's just never going to change that in the year 2033. Oh. We're still going to have that interface with a keypad, even though we're not you know, really actually even dialing because they never actually dial a phone number ever. They always say, you know, call so-and-so, which is what we do now. And then for example, um, in one of the episodes, I won't give too much of it away, but there was a, um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a part where they, they showed his iPhoto library. (laughs) They refer to it as iPhoto, and it had like a little iPhoto, you know, like a little, uh, you know, one of those pre-populated scenes where if you wanted to make like an IDVD or something, if you remember that. I just thought, iPhoto, it's the year 2033. (laughs) So I just thought it was interesting. They, They made a reference to Paw Patrol, I think, which was a TV, like a kid's TV show but that is only in in the recent history. So when you're when you're sitting there and you're you're trying to line up the different UIs, the different interfaces and the different technologies with the supposed timeline, things don't quite match, but that's what gives it that charm that, you know, it's not like right. it's super accurate because normally and that's what surprised me, I surprised myself because normally I am very picky about those sorts of things like, oh, come on, it needs to be more accurate. You know, they weren't using iPhoto you know, iPhoto is, is you know a yesterday app. We're using photos now. <laughs> you know what I mean. So I would. Uh, it's almost as if like they they used, they had technical um, consultants on this, but they purposefully like screwed with the timeline to keep it interesting. And I I appreciated that. And normally that would bug me, but in this instance I really really dug that. I really thought that was really cool. And the acting was well, just amazing. I loved all the acting. All the characters were so believable.
1: Well, and for me, um, um, you know, like I say, doing online uh, or, or gaming in general and online stuff, so, uh, because they had certain, uh, I guess you'd call them NPCs, non-playable characters in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they recycled them because I forget what the guy's name was, but he did like several jobs around there. Oh, um, yeah,
0: like the, the butler and the bellhop?
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, so. oh,
0: yeah, him. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, they, uh, it's still, you know, there's repetition in there. And, uh, was it at one point he was, I, uh, I watched a while ago, so I don't quite remember. He was like running in circles. He kept seeing the same scenery or something along that line. I believe that they just kept recycling things, um, because there's only so much you can do there. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, anybody that's played any sort of, you know, open world game after a while, you start to see things that look pretty similar. Yeah. Um, and so you start to see things like that and yeah like you say the interaction you know it kind of reminded me you know for me it was like the uh, the gaming aspect of it uh, the limitations and what you can do and uh, you know some of the things the, the the like you say the interface that you would have to use to you know interact with this stuff because when you're playing certain games you know the inter- the inter- the way you're interacting with the game it works for the game but you know in real life it's just kind of stupid and and clunky, but uh, you know that kind of reminded me of that there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just the whole, soul, you know, the whole commentary about uh, society and yes. and everything. Uh, I They're like something digs, that's got, kind of. yeah, digs or or yeah, commentary, whichever. Um, but yeah, I do like something that you know. Uh, that's why I I like to watch science fiction because a lot of that I see that. Uh, you know they can use that to make commenta- commentary on the life that we're living now without actually getting into nasty a details lot of and took stuff. Place
0: was with the girlfriend. So Allegra Edwards plays uh, Ingrid Kannerman. Oh my gosh, she's like one of those characters where like you love to hate her. <laughs> she's just yeah. so she's so so shallow. That's a good example of where there was these constant digs on society with her and um the digs were about the beauty industry like there was this one part I don't think this will give too much away where she was like babe I just got my shoulder blades sharpened what do you think oh I think they're too sharp I think I have to get them sh- you know sharpened down like like that there's going to be a time where women are so vain and they're so <laughs> they're they're so uh, they care so much about their looks and she's got like endless supplies of funding and money so she can get you know she can get um any kind of Reconstructive surgery that she wants, you know, to the point where that in the future, that this would be a fad, that women would actually have their shoulder blades sharpened. Or, um, <laughs> one of the parts that I loved where she was getting this beauty treatment, she was sitting in the chair <laughs> and this grabs me up thinking of it. She's like, Oh, babe, I gotta go. They're, they're, they're about to put the bees on my face, like as if to, I guess she was getting her lips plumped or something. I mean, these aren't, aren't things that would actually happen, yeah. but it's just a funny, you know, um, Outlandish thing that you could think, yeah, some woman would probably think about doing that. You know, getting stung by bees on purpose to make their lips plumper, and they go to put the face mask on her that supposedly has these these bees inside of it, and you could see her see her and hear her going, "Oh, mm, they're really angry today." <laughs> that just made me crack up. I just I love those mm-hmm. parts. So there's just little little yeah. uh, little uh, digs on society when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like that, she did a really really good job of.
1: Uh, Elisa, did you have any? You said you watched this one, right?
0: Eh,
2: I thought it yeah. was meh. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah. It, you know, it all depends. And I know, you know, you, uh, this is sort of science fiction ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, yeah, I know that's not one of your favorite genres. I challenged
0: but, Elisa on this one. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I
2: just didn't like um, I, not the acting or anything. I don't think, I think it was the premise. I didn't like the idea, and this might fall along with. What, what you were saying, Melissa, about society and digs on society and whatnot. I didn't like the idea that if someone wants to go to this place and then your loved one, you know, like, like say it was you. Mm-hmm. And then Nate says, well, I can't afford it anymore. Or, you know, if this is really stupid,
0: I better think it's with my money. Boom. Mm-hmm. What happens to you then? Right.
1: Right.
0: Right. Yeah, I yeah, don't like so that I either, did- but that's that's reality. Mm-hmm. In fact, I I recently actually just gave a presentation to uh, our local Mac users group about digital legacy, and I was thinking about a lot of these things, you know, that 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 is that is a <clears throat> excuse me, a reality that we have where we're at the mercy of the people who who live after us. Our digital legacy are, you know, what the things that are that we leave behind you want to choose carefully. One of the examples that I found during research was like, you know, for example, your social media. Um, Maybe it's not a big deal to you, but maybe it's a big deal to other people. Or maybe it's a really big deal to you, but it's not to say your spouse or something. Or, you know, let's say you have a sister who uses Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and you, they, your sister knows how important it is to you or your website or something, how, how very important that online presence is to you and to your friends and the people you socialize with, but say maybe your spouse, like, doesn't really use that platform, doesn't really know anything about it, doesn't even know that you can assign a digital legacy person, you know, to your account or whatever, and really just doesn't think it's important. And so you pass away and then they delete your account or, you know, they, they just leave it go. And like trolls, you know, take over your identity and like, you know, they they hack into your account because your password wasn't very good, and they take it over, and there's there's nothing that anybody can do about it. And then your legacy is tarnished. It's it's ruined, you know? Whereas, like, if you have a choice between your spouse, who doesn't give a shit, and your sister, who really, really cares and really knows how important it is, you're going to want to choose your sister to be your digital legacy representative, not your spouse, for that particular part of your digital legacy. And just like you said, Elisa, it's, it's really... It's kind of shitty to think that that you could die and like you're just forgotten about or, you know, the way that you wish to be remembered goes wrong. You know, so so we have that to worry about, whereas like our ancestors did not, you know, when they died, they died. (laughs) And if somebody remembered, yeah, maybe. But now it's like things are on the Internet and they live forever. So I think that it's something to think about where we have that to consider now and we didn't used to. So it's just interesting to think of just how far people could actually take it in the future. And yeah, I didn't like it either, but that's that's the harsh reality, and, it, and this presented that harsh reality in a sci-fi, nerdy, geeky, kind of a humorous way. But yeah, it's uncomfortable to think that some of the stuff, even though they were digging on it, even though it was a social commentary, some of the stuff could happen in the foreseeable future like when they showed you know people waiting in line it was about the haves and the have-nots where you know if you couldn't afford you would end up in in the two gig you know and and that i could really see happening i could see still see in the year 2033 that's how many years from now i could still see that happening if you know if this were to be a reality ever i could still see that happening i could still see people just trying to get the table scraps of their, of their digital lives. If it becomes that, that important, you know, so that, that's kind of sad and kind of a, a, a punch in the gut to think about, but they, I think they presented it in a, in an interesting way. That's, that's what I liked about it.
2: It was definitely different. I will give it that. It's definitely a different premise.
1: Yeah. And like I say, I've, i watched a lot of sci-fi and I was kind of like, yeah, okay with, that. I mean, I wasn't super excited. There's been other shows I've been excited about and that one was like, okay, you know, and, and um, you know and for me and you know like a lot of the stuff you have to put set aside certain things like you know i just you know digitizing the soul well you know okay mm-hmm. uh i had a little you know an issue with that but okay let that go and just go right. with the show and
0: and that's that's the thing it is it is uncomfortable thinking about that on purpose like that was that was kind of right. the purpose of it to make you think about that and then one other thing i wanted to say about it that i remembered was um the, the way that we personalize technology, now, maybe you guys don't do it, but a lot of people do. Um, a lot of people get really attached to their, their gadgets, almost as if it's like jewelry. Like maybe you get, you know, say your wedding band or a locket or something. If that was broken or lost or, you know, stolen, you'd be upset mm-hmm. about it because it's it's a little memento. It's something that means something to you. And if, you know, say your wedding ring fell off, you'd do everything you could to go find it. You'd, you'd be crawling down. You'd be sticking your hand down a drain if you had to. You would take apart a sink to get your wedding ring. You know what I mean? It did touch upon that a little bit when it comes to devices. And so, for example, there was this one scene where um, the, the hard, there was a hard drive. And I won't give too much of it away, but there was this, this very powerful scene where this hard drive got chucked into a a water a fountain a big fountain where people you know can wade into and i and i had this visceral reaction that i didn't see coming they you know i'm watching this tv show i know it's a comedy i know it's not serious i know it's not real but yet like i said the acting is so it's done so well that you you believe these characters and you start to develop like this this relationship for them you really like them. You, you care what happens to them in, in the realm of the show as you get invested in it. And there's this one scene where this hard drive went flying and, like, got plunked into water, into a fountain. And I went, oh! like, it it shocked me. I really got upset. Like, I've, I had a physical, emotional reaction to that because I was so, so sucked into it. Because I could imagine if this actually happened in the future, if this ever became possible, like, that's how I would feel. Like, I would just be that distraught over a hard drive because it's not just a hard mm. drive. Like it's a person, it's a soul, you know? So I just thought that was really interesting that it had that much power. I don't know if it did that to anybody else. Maybe I'm just weirdo, mm. but, and that's entirely probably true.
1: <laughs> well, cause I, I was wondering how they were going to, uh, uh address that. Uh-huh. And, I don't quite remember how well, there's they a
0: twist. Do remember? Well, yeah, there was yeah, a twist. That's why I don't want to give it away because that, sure. that scene, I, you know, I told you what happened in the scene a little right. bit, but you have to go watch for it and sure. see what actually, what actually happens right. about that. So it was so, like, it
1: yeah. Was a, yeah. So, okay. Well, and then, um, for the stuff I got here, um, I, I'll start with a show that I started to watch and then I just kind of went, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's, It was Bless This Mess, um, starring Dak Shepard. Now, I've been listening to his podcast. His podcast is fine, but I tried watching this. And so basically the premise is newlyweds Rio and Mike make the decision to change the course of their life together and move from the relentless pace of the big uh, city, New York, to what they think will be a more relaxed existence in rural Nebraska. After dropping everything, including their jobs and an overbearing mother-in-law, uh, to make the move from skyscrapers to the farmhouse, they soon realized that the simpler life isn't as they had planned. And so, you know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, in Green Acres, you had one of the spouses, you know, was the naive city person moving here. But in this one, it's the, the, both the couple are the naive New Yorkers who think they're going to come out here to the, you know, the simpler way, uh, way of life out here in the country. And, um, and you know they think oh we're smart we read books well then they get out here and they realize that uh country living is different than what you think you know, think it is and so like i say it, it you know it's nebraska but still it can be similar enough to where i live here so i tried to give it a shot but i just the um corny and i don't know if they i think they treated the rural people decent but still it was kind of that corny um you know, ha ha, real life. And it just kind of graded on me to the point where you guys really don't know what you're talking about. So I just had to, I just had to quit that. And, I have
0: to wonder, were you hoping for a little bit of schadenfreude? Were you hoping to, to see, ah, here comes these, like, cause you, you know what farm life yeah. is like. You, yeah. You yeah. That they would come out and get their up, their comings, their upcoming. And,
1: and, and they did. I mean, they're trying to raise, uh, uh,
0: but it wasn't serious know, enough.
1: Well, yeah, I know. It just was, I don't know. It just, it, it irritated me, I guess, because they came up with this scheme where they were selling off stuff that they had for chickens. They didn't have any money, but they're selling off stuff that they had so they could get chickens because they needed fertilizer for their ground. It was all technically, you know, correct. And uh-huh. trading and bargaining, you know, is something that, you know, uh, we do out here once in a while, but, you know, it's just yeah, I don't know. It just didn't uh, click with me. Maybe because they were like a little too dumb.
0: Uh-huh. Uh you Overdid uh, it, it sounds
2: like. Yeah. It was on ABC. I saw the preview. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: No, and and like I say, even though the country guy kind of likes to sneer at the city people, once in a while, the, the city people are just a little too dumb, <laughs> a little too naive. Um, you know, maybe if they would have done it a little bit better, but yeah, I just. A little too simplistic for me, so I watched a few episodes and just kind of went, Yeah, okay." Um, and then this one, I won't spend too much time on. I've talked about it before, but it, it the series ended. It's uh, God friended me. Uh, it didn't get renewed for another season, so then they had a, you know, they had a season ender, and I thought it was. It's one of those season enders where you sit there and go, "Okay, I don't know what exactly to think of this." Did it
0: have um, closure? It wasn't complete.
1: Yeah, well, sort of. I mean, uh, basically, I guess I won't give too much away, but basically he finally gets to meet God, and I'm kind of going, well, you know, that's the, that's what's implied anyway, because at the end they say, she will see you now. And so I'm going, <laughs> okay, and that, and you know, that's literally, uh-huh. I, I'm sorry I spoiled it for everybody, but, you know, it's literally, <laughs> literally the end. I'm kind of mm-hmm. going, okay, I just, you know, I guess it's kind of. Write your own ending. We get you to this point, and then what do you think happened? And sometimes, if you some of these shows, if you actually try to have a finite ending to it, you know, especially something like this where you're dealing with beliefs and existential, you know, thought or whatever, you're probably better off just to let everyone, you know, come to their own conclusion about things. And you know, I guess I was hoping for a little bit more. Well, I guess maybe there, I did get kind of the, you know, because he was an atheist and he always said that, you know, hmm. well, and they, okay, And here's the thing. You know, anybody that's watched the show, I think I've kind of described it before. He keeps getting messages through Facebook from this God account. Hmm. And so, okay. you know, he's out to prove, uh, being an atheist, he's out to prove that this is not really God, but all this other stuff. You know, it seems like there's, it's, uh, there's a computer behind it. And so when you get to the end, it can be ambiguous. I mean, is this the person behind the God account or is it God? And so they just kind of leave it there for you to, Open to decide on your own so uh, I mean I was fine with it Like like say I liked the show at least they got an ending because I just I don't think the numbers are up so they pulled the plug out but I liked it because it's uh, it's a nice show it's not crime it's not you know it makes you know a person sit down and think about your life and things and what you believe and what other people believe and you know look at other people and so you know I thought it was for me especially you know to contemplate something other than myself and other what, you know, I see around here and, and at least think about it. I won't necessarily say I agreed with everything that they, you know, put forth on the show, but I would at least give it, uh, you know, consideration and think about it. So I was kind of sad to see it go because I kind of liked characters. They were engaging. They were interesting. And, you know, you kind of start a mark of a good show is if they got characters in there that you care about mm-hmm. and want to see what happens to them. And and they had these um, and so, like I say, I was a little disappointed to see it end, but I thought, you know, they gave it a decent enough ending and mm-hmm. tied up the loose ends, I think, for the most part. But yeah, except for, you know, the true identity of the God account. And like I say, it's just figure that out on your own.
0: Well, that makes sense that they would never divulge right. what that really meant, because <laughs> then that would yeah. not be true to life. And yeah.
1: Right. And everyone has their own different uh, opinions on things. Mm-hmm. And then another show that I got into, uh, you know, just to be watching stuff. Escapism. uh, Escapism, yeah, kind of. And this is Escapism. Uh, It's uh, Letterkenny. This is on Hulu. And let me bring up the... uh, uh, I think you've mentioned this
0: before, and it's on my list of things to check out.
1: Yeah, uh, it is. If I can learn how to spell here... um, it said it it's a Canadian drama uh, not, not drama it's a sitcom mm. it's, it started out as a YouTube show um, and uh, it morphed into uh, then they picked it up in Canada and now it's on Hulu um, but it's these uh it's about living in rural Canada um, give me the damn description I got the cast here um, but basically it's about um, um, the, another one
0: about farming or
1: well no not exactly um
0: the, the hicks the skids and
2: the hockey players oh, who are constantly go. feuding with each other over seemingly trivial matters that often end with someone getting their ass kicked
1: yes basically <laughs> it's sort of uh sort of seinfeld in certain aspects because it's about nothing you know oh, really interesting i mean it's just these guys you know you know living together there and it can be raw and it can be raunchy um I mean, there's no nudity, but, I mean, they will talk about things. Mm -hmm. um, And they can, you know, some of it is not everyone's going to like it because some of the stuff can be kind of crude at uh, one point. Smack talk. uh, Well, yeah, and uh, at one point they were talking about, uh, and even after I watched it, it doesn't exactly make a lot of sense. But they had this one thing about, they keep saying that uh, the ginger fucked the ostrich. And... (laughs) Yeah, and then another one of the characters pipes up allegedly, and so you know there's this kind of thing going on there. And so, like I say, it can be crass, it can be crude.
0: Yeah, um, I probably shouldn't have laughed at so hard, but I I am part Irish,
1: so. <laughs> yeah, and so like I say, that's kind of one of the jokes, and you know that kid kind of gives you an idea, and it's it's politically incorrect because mm-hmm. uh, at one point but they it's were talking
0: obviously po- politically. Incorrect. It's
1: obviously yes, and at one point they're talking uh, to. Uh, uh, a Mennonite family there, uh, which is sort of Amish uh, in nature. Um, like Amish light. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, they're they I think if you go with Amish uh, up there, they're Mennonites. Probably you know other, the rest of the country will know them as Amish, but it's more or less the same. Um, you know, a simpler lifestyle, no modern conveniences. And then they were talking about their. Uh, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's um, they have this thing where the ch- uh, the kids get like a year. Um, I can almost think of the name, but I can't, where they go out and experience the real world, and then they decide if they want to come back to the community or leave the community and go out on their own. It's almost
2: almost like going on mission. Mm.
1: Uh, No, they're not out missioning for the uh, church. They're out there uh, discovering themselves. Mm. And so they go out and they sow their wild oats, basically, Mm, and get it out of their system, uh, or hopefully get it out of their system. And at the end of that year, they have to decide— do you want to come back and join the community, or do you want to leave and pursue the secular lifestyle? But this um Mennonite family is called the dicks. Uh, yeah, d y c k s, but you know, and they're looking for their uh, their their daughters, the the, the little dicks, because they've left their little dicks out too long. You know, it's just that kind of, just really, it's you right know, up it's, our
2: alley. it's like I said, that and, it sounds it is. like something I would like, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, another uh, episode they fun. talk about, they try to uh, uh start Fart Book as opposed to <laughs> Facebook, and you know, it's
2: just, okay, I'm there, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's
1: silly and childish and juvenile, right. Right. but you know, it scratches the inner 12 year old inside you, uh-huh. and I just kind of like, um, and there's just something sort of hypnotic about the the pacing and the delivery of this stuff here because the main mm-hmm. character Wayne is just. He's just kind of this like, he's a stoic figure. I mean, literally, he'll stand there with his thumbs in his belt loop, and you know, he's just kind of the stoic figure, and he's just he's got this kind of pace to him and this delivery that's just kind of like, you know, and it's just you you, kind of I get kind of hypnotized because I like dialogue, I like delivery, I like accents, Mm -hmm. I like all this kind of stuff, and it just and they have this kind of rapid fire. You know, uh-huh. kind of uh, stream of consciousness stuff, oh, okay. and then they'll start doing puns and wordplay. Um,
0: Is he a father uh, figure? This this person? This no,
1: he's okay. uh, He's no, he's a he's a uh, he's in his twenties or thirties oh, or about. Okay. So he lives with his sister. There's no adults around. Ah. Uh, they got their friend. Um, um, oh, oh shoot! What was his name? Um,
0: like Dale?
1: <laughs> uh, Dan. They call so him Squirty Dan. <laughs> Squirrely Dan, yeah, and another friend. Uh there's a friend Daryl. Uh, yeah. And then Dan, they've got Riley. Yeah, those guys, yeah. So uh, and then yeah, the the um Dan, uh uh Riley and um oh uh Jonesy Jonesy. Uh, yeah, they're the hockey players. And so they do this. You learn a little bit about Canada because they have this thing, um <laughs> again, I I don't play hockey, but I guess uh, there's this thing, it's called chirping, where you, uh, it's um, smack talk, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, it's just, so you're always just, you know, kind of chirping this stuff out at your opposing team, just trying to get under their skin, oh, and, okay. you know. And so it's insults. And then uh, there's this guy that you never see on camera because he's played by this uh, Jared uh, Kiso who also plays Wayne. So he's one of these characters that He's got his back to you or something or hockey mask on. So you never see him. So he plays dual roles, but he's called Shorzy and he's one of those guys that'll just sit there and, you know, kind of do the, your mama routine type stuff. And then he's two, uh, characters uh the two hockey players i mean they're all hockey players but these other two will sit there and see, just look at him and say you know fuck you shorzy and then you know they just he starts into more you know your mama you know whatever type the hazing sh- and stuff. yeah that kind of stuff And it's just you know the but smack they're still friends talk with each thing. other uh, and they respect
0: each other no no uh, <laughs> Oh, okay no, <laughs> they're rivals, they- and then they try to one up yeah. each other
1: yeah, it's, he's just kind of an irritating character that's just one of those, you know, know-it-all you know, type. You know, you got to watch it. But no
0: doubt probably reminds you of somebody in real life, maybe.
1: Uh, you may find somebody in there that, I mean, they covers a bunch of different uh, uh, characters in here. Um, it's James Daly actually? Did I miss him? He's listed in the cast. I'll have to go back and watch now. Um,
0: is, is there a character arc? Is there like a character development? Do you see anything change at all?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's not really story driven. It's more like it's, it's sort. I mean, there's kind of a continuity to it, but there's no real story per se. It's just these bits that oh, they get together and do, you know, think sort of sketch comedy. There is this stuff that ties it together. I mean, there is this ongoing thing. They do kind of have love, uh, love life, but you know, so, and they have people, uh, they have, you know, uh, relationships, with they, you know, break up. It's not anything too heavy. I think it's just, think... It's just play-hearted
0: um, escapism is what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, nothing nothing heavy going on there. But like I say, it's certainly, definitely adult. Mm-hmm. Um, not I would, for the for the kids or the teenagers, maybe even. No, unless you really want to expand the vocabulary. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Well,
0: I do a pretty good job of that already.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you may be inspired by some of the stuff. Like oh. I say... T- just start listening to their, their delivery and their, you know, their back. And I don't know, I'm, you know, sometimes you try to picture being in that actor's position and doing this stuff. And I don't know that I could sit there and I'm sure they have to have several takes on some of these, but just to sit there and deliver some of these lines um, you know, to me, it's just, I, do you I need how to be, they
0: can do it with a straight face
1: that yeah, and okay. and and then like i say there's sort of a complexity to some of them because there's like alliterations going mm-hmm. on and this kind of stuff and so uh yeah it's just i don't know because i get tongue-tied sometimes and i don't know if i can just sit there and rattle off some of the stuff mm-hmm. that they are doing so you you like, yeah and so but yeah and that that one obviously has caught my attention and then the last one on my list was uh, Marvel's Runaways. Um, that's on Hulu. It's Not part to be of the confused
0: m- with Project Runaway.
1: No, no, this is uh, that's probably why they call it Marvel's Run uh, Runaways. <laughs> um, so it is these uh, children, uh, their parents, uh, you know, have have you know been together, and the kids have kind of drifted away from each other. But then they discover this secret about this parents about their parents and then some of these children start to discover that they have uh superpowers um one of them can communicate with this dinosaur that their parents you know they're all like super smart people um and so this one discovers that she can communicate with this dinosaur that their parents have brought back from dna um and um the after yeah, okay, after discovering their parents are supervillains in disguise, a group of teenagers band together to run away from their home in order to atone for their parents' actions and discover the secrets of their origin. So you know, it's sort of a superhero show, which is you know up my alley. Um, it's I think kind of young adult um, th- with some um, adult themes in it, um, uh, not too heavy, but. Uh, there's you know some implied you know sex in there um, two of the the runaways um uh two girls are you know um, not having affairs more than that it, you know they're they're in love with each other um and so there's that and you have this whole like I say, these kids grew up together and then there was this falling out. But, you know, now they have to band together, even though they don't always like each other so much sometimes. And so there's, you know, different dynamics going on there and things shift and change. And uh, I just thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty good because, like I said, I'm a sucker for superhero uh, movies. And, uh, you know, I kind of scratched that science fiction itch for me. So um, and then the one other thing I was going to mention um and this will probably be for a future episode, but uh, Guy Fieri from uh, Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives is in South Dakota this weekend. Uh, so apparently, they're going to uh, there's going to be a South Dakota diner or uh, eating establishment of some sort on a show. And of course, okay, I'm I'm proud of my state. And, you know, and sometimes I'm a little insecure because, you know, we live in flyover country out here. We don't always get noticed, remembered or whatever. And, of course, this is the last state for him to be to, but at least he managed to, you know, get here. But um, so whenever that comes out, I'll have to look for it. And then uh, I'll mention it or tweet it out or something just so that, uh, you know, I can get a little, little pride in uh, you know, in my state here. So, um is i'm always very proud of uh, of my state but okay so
2: add, real quickly add one more show i think okay. i mentioned this before at an episode about tv and movies this came out in october this one is called modern love and it's on amazon prime and it's a tv series based on the new york times column that explores relationships love and the human connection there's Eight episodes are about half hour long, so it's really easy to just zip right through it. And for example, um, episode two is called When Cupid is a Prying Journalist. Uh, When a journalist asks the CEO of a dating app whether he's ever been in love, it sparks a conversation that will change the course of both their lives. But the really, really incredible one was episode three, Take Me As I Am, Whoever I Am. A woman reflects on how her experience with bipolar disorder has impacted her love life. That woman is played by Anne Hathaway. And it was... She's
0: a really good actress.
2: Amazing. Yeah. Um, especially the end of the episode. Amazing.
0: And what was it called? There was, this was Modern Love?
2: Modern Love. There was one or two episodes. There was one I absolutely hated. One episode. And then one that I thought was meh. But <laughs> a couple of them were really... Like the first episode was really good. Like one, two, and three were really good. And then eight, the last episode... Without giving it away, kind of brings everything together in a really unique way.
0: Hmm, That's interesting. And this is on Netflix, or what is this on? No, this is on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. I'm trying to keep notes as you mentioned because I want to make a list of things that I want to watch.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Now, supposedly, according to Internet Movie Database, there's going to be a season two, but it doesn't, it says unknown. So
1: Mm. I'll have to wait it out. Sometimes they put that in as a placeholder just in yeah. case.
0: Yeah. So what I like to do is when I when these things pique my interest, I use that iShows T V app or Real Good or something that um, that links up the tracked database. And when an episode becomes available, so say if you know, I've watched it and then it ended, it'll alert me, it'll it'll give me a heads up a you know, a notification that a new episode is available. So might be something uh, you forget about it, but if you go stick it in there, then it'll kind of remind you that oh yeah, that was that thing I wanted to watch.
1: And I was uh, you you brought that up, and I'm trying to remember. I think Real Good has an app. They do for for the Fire TV, though. I think, and maybe a few others. I'm not seeing it okay, here Apple, right my, now.
0: Well, I know there's one on the iPhone, or there's a website that you can go to. And I thought yeah. I saw one for the Apple TV,
1: but I could be wrong. And there there might be, but yeah, there's, so there's something on the TV, which would make it easier because then you can, uh, yeah, it, yeah. you hook it up and you can go in, instead of having to look it up on your phone and then go into your TV to play it, it would be on your TV. So then you could uh, uh, click on it in there and watch it. Now the thing is, uh, and we just have to do it a little bit differently, I guess, because they're going to like, uh, if it's something on like on A&E, it'll go to the A&E site to play it. A lot of the shows we watch through our Philo Philo TV service. But with that, you can authenticate with all these other ones. I just kind of wished. But then the problem is you have to have all these apps, depending upon how many you watch. You have to have them loaded on your TV. And sometimes I get this low memory warning because I have too many apps loaded on there. I wished it would interface like with either... You know, Sling TV, Philo, Direct TV, whatever you happen to be watching, interface with that and, and go to it rather than having to have all of the the apps there if you want to watch something. But just to have it on the TV and be able to uh, click on there and not have to, like, you know, find which one you're watching and then find it on the, on the TV, that would be nice. Okay, well, I think we've got uh, given people a lot of stuff to think about now. We need to move on to our picks and see what we want them to spend our money or their money on. Um, Yeah, don't spend our money. I I did
0: look it up, and there is a real good Apple TV app. It's for iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV, so I'll go put
1: that in a link. And I think, uh, like I said, I think there's one for Fire TV that I used to maybe for Roku. I don't remember. So I think on the TV platforms, um, it may be for... uh, android tv2 i think so it's on some of the tv platforms so like i say i just make life easier but um so now let's see what we want to spend our money on this time the uh, range was between 100 and 300 and so um let's start with um Elisa. what did you want to spend your money okay. on?
2: okay i'll keep this quick because i know we're running a little long Um, I've mentioned this before but I will mention it again and as listeners know I'm into my genealogy so I recommend the Ancestry.com website and uh, for there's three different types of accounts you can get a U.S. Discovery a World Explorer or an All Access so if you get um, let me change that back so for within our money for $299 you can get the World Explorer which will give you the ability to create a tree and to send messages to other people who are, on, uh, who are also members of Ancestry. You get access to 15 billion with a B records from the entire United States, and you can expand with 3 billion with a B worldwide records. That's $299 for 12 months. However, if you want a little bit more than that for $199 but only for six months... You get all of the above, and you'll get 142 million pages in Newspapers.com. You'll get military records on Fold 3. And normally I do the all-access. Now, um, my subscription expires this week, so I'm hoping that they do what they did last year, which was have a 4th of July sale. So if they do that, I can can renew. And if not, then I'm just going to let it go for the summer because I'm outside more than I'm in front of the computer. But if you are looking to do genealogy... Ancestry is really the way to go. I've I've looked at a couple of other sites and they, they're just so confusing and don't make a whole lot of sense. Now it could be because I've been an Ancestry member on and off since about two thousand one, maybe a little bit earlier. So I'm used to how things work with them as opposed to these other places. But I I would always recommend Ancestry.
1: Okay, yeah, and I've used it a little bit. Um... I sent my DNA in there and had it analyzed, and yes, people, I am human, just to uh, dis- oh, uh, good good yeah, just to uh, d- dissuade any opinions that p- uh, people might have. Are you uh, sure uh,
0: you got the right tube back?
1: <laughs> possibly.
0: We'll take his word for it.
1: Sure. Uh, I told this kid here to spit in this bottle. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so I've done that, and I, um, and my sister ha- had an account on there, and, and a lot of our stuff is on there. But yeah, it is uh, interesting for some of that stuff uh as much as she um uh wants to say she isn't yeah we are um and you know there was a few surprises i'm trying to bring up my dna uh here quick and of course it's not going where i wanted to but there was a few uh surprises there's a little bit of swedish thrown in there and stuff so yeah that can be interesting so um melissa what is it that you have (laughs) here looks rather practical (laughs)
0: Yep, that's me. (laughs) Uh, I actually uh, picked this because I actually had to buy the thing that is my pick. Uh, So I thought, well, I might as well talk about it intelligently since I actually own the product. What my pick is, is the Bissell ProHeat 2X Revolution MaxClean Pet Pro Full Size Carpet Cleaner. Now, the one that I'm linking to is the color I wish I could have gotten. It's model 1986, and it's sparkle silver with grapevine purple accents. That gives you a clue as to why why I wish I would have been able to get that one. But they did not have that one in stock. This was a Corona buy. In fact, actually, I'm looking at the Amazon site, and this particular model is temporarily out of stock. So I'm hoping that other people aren't buying this because of what I went through. Uh, Long story short, a kid... Used toilet, kid flushed toilet, kid hopped in shower. Mm, the toilet didn't stop running. <laughs> we were watching mm-hmm. TV, probably one of the shows that we talked about very loudly, and did not hear the water trickling out. It wasn't until he, you know, stepped out with his towel on and said, "Uh, uh oh, <laughs> yeah." And so it normally you know the toilet floods we get to it it's it's not that big of a deal, but this was running for quite a while, so yeah, so we had a a minor flood in the house, and it became pretty major to us because it really soaked the whole carpet and I was kind of giving you guys the backstory, but you know during a pandemic uh, you know fun tip <laughs> you cannot rent a carpet washer, you cannot rent a carpet steamer, so we actually had to oh. go out and like emergency buy this thing and uh, while the while we were trying to dry out the carpet, uh, you know, we had towels and stuff. We ended up having to get an emergency dry wet vac. You know, these are all things that probably we should have had on hand and you don't know you need it until you actually need it. So I'm glad that we have these tools now in case, because you know, it's like one of those things probably going to happen again. I mean, this house is really old. You know, the kids, they're still learning. It's just, it's just one of those things. So it's just a good thing to have on hand. Um, I was intimidated by them at first. I thought that that owning a carpet washer was just something that you rented. I didn't think really people actually mm. owned their own carpet washer. Like my sister-in-law has one and we, we've borrowed it in the past. Um, but I'm just, I'm really happy to own, to own one now. We so the one that I have is, is just like this, but it's, it's a teal color, which is uh, accidentally, uh, you know, a fun thing because my it matches my kitchen so it coordinates so i'm happy with that but anyway i really love this thing um it's about 270 dollars you know it's a little bit more than i wanted to spend on something but when i compared it to a bunch of other things and i researched it for a good like day or two while we were drying things out and then we just decided let's just get it let's just have it let's just take care of it We we got it out at lowe's and uh i was, i'm really really happy with it it's you know, the thing i love about it the most is the kids can use it it's a little it's heavy i mean it's it's hard to push because it you know it's it's a it's got really good suction it's almost like it's almost mm-hmm. like a uh, a wet vac in and of itself like as you cuz it sucks up the water after it sprays it down and mike you probably have some experience with with these yeah. do either of you own your own carpet washer
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah deb does mm-hmm. i don't use it but deb does. I, don't I think use it's a it. Does.
0: Okay. Mm, interesting. It's one of those things that, you know, I think it's very geeky because I, I'm a geek and uh, the the kids are geeky and especially my, my oldest teenage son and he likes to take things apart. And he really took ownership of this. You know, we researched it together. We watched some reviews. We watched it. We actually nicknamed it. <laughs> we have a nickname for our our carpet washer because we watched a review on a model similar to this one. And the guy who was reviewing it has this like heavy Scottish accent. And the these Bissell carpet cleaners are... Um, they donate to uh, charities that that help out animals, and there's a picture of a dog. And he goes, "Oh, look at the wee the wee dog! Look at the wee little doggy!" So we call it the wee dog. <laughs> so it's just it's just fun. Um, it's very easy to use. It's easy to clean. The, I love that the kids can use it. Um, like I said, it's a little heavy. Keegan has hard time pushing it, but but Lucian can totally operate it. He did a lot of the carpet washing in the very beginning. We decided, you know, yeah, you know it goes. You can't just wash one part of the carpet you had to like do the whole house (laughs) so we've been washing all of the carpets like all day long and we're kind of past that now and it's it's comfortably resting in in the laundry room for now but i'm just happy to have it especially with a dog because you know she's young now but someday she won't be so i know it will come in handy it was a very good investment good purchase and i love the fact that you can take the entire thing completely apart and clean it and disinfect it and all that kind of good stuff so
1: And here here's a helpful hint when you're done uh scrubbing or if you're trying to dry out your carpet get a fan and blow air across it that'll yeah. help. We we do that in the in the classrooms all the time when we uh Shampoo them. Then we'll put we a fan had, on there. And,
0: we had the AC running, of course we do, because it's Arizona. But we had right. um, little like floor fans because we have fans at every house too. You know, it was like a you know just bonus. And we had the kind that oscillates, so we had it like you know for days, just kind of oscillating and, and drying the floor. Um, I will I will take this opportunity to give you guys a tip in case you probably know this Mike already, but um, I was you know desperately looking and trying to research and trying to learn everything I could about how to save this carpet because we're not in a position in triple digit weather to replace it right now. Now. And uh, so I was like, "How do we save it? You know, because it is—it's actually a decent-looking carpet. It still looks good, but it's—it's it's old. It—it it does need to go eventually. It will. Anyway, uh, I was like, "Oh my God, how are we going to dry out this carpet?" And like, did it soak through the, the pad? We didn't know exactly what was under the floors. We knew it wasn't wood, so I wasn't worried about that. I thought it was concrete. Found out it's actually probably asbestos tiles. Not fun. Can't, you know, got to keep those. So we're going to have to carpet over top of it again. But at least now I know. That one of the quicker ways that you can dry out a carpet is, uh, you get a, a dry wet vac, and instead mm-hmm. of vacuuming it, I think you probably know what I'm going to say. Instead of vacuuming up the water, you switch, you switched from suck to blow. Is what I think mm-hmm. you spaceball it. So you you basically you get the kind that could be used as a as a leaf mm-hmm. blower. And mm-hmm. um, the the video that I watched, the guy did a demonstration where he took a um, a box cutter. And you find like an inconspicuous area that you're not going to notice later. And we have a dark carpet, so, you know, it's easy to hide. And you cut a big X into the carpet. And then you take the, the hose and you shove it under there and you blow air through it. Mm-hmm. And boy, did that okay. that really, really worked. And, you know, of course, the kids thought it was funny because then the carpet's like levitating. And as you're walking across it, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of looks like you're on one of those big bouncy things. But so that, that really, that saved us. So doing it that way, I think, I think got it done a lot faster. We soaked it up with towels first. Then we blew the air through it. Probably wasn't the best quality air to be breathing when you're stuck inside. Um, But we ran lots of air filters and all that kind of stuff. And (laughs) had headaches for a while. But uh, luckily that part is now past us for the time being. Now we just got to fix the microwave. So my next pick will be a microwave.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And for my pick, since we were talking about uh, TV shows and stuff, uh, a person will probably want something to watch that on. And so, and this is something that I have bought. I just bought one uh, last week or uh, two weeks ago because our Fire TV that we had upstairs wasn't connecting to the network, just being weird. So I went out and bought the Fire TV Cube for $119. And um, that will replace our Echo device that we have upstairs because it can function to play music and do this sort of stuff. But then it also comes with a remote, so you can program it. uh, It's got a... um, it does infrared. so it's got a uh, 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 the infrared unit there. So you can put it on there so it'll control your TV and your uh, sound bar and this kind of stuff. So then uh, I got rid of the um, harmony remote that I had there because I don't really need all that other stuff. And so I got put that in there. and so now you know uh, we can' sit there and we can say, you know, Hey, Echo device, Uh, play whatever on, you know, startup Philo or play whatever or look for stuff or play music or whatever. And, um, yeah, and it's uh, I think it's a a little easier to use. um, And like I say, it's just. Uh, and it's, it's, I think this is the one with the most horsepower out of the Fire TV family. Some of the others are a little underpowered. This has got a bit of processor, I think, a tad bit more memory to it. So, uh, but it's this little cube. You put it out there, someplace where you know you can, uh, it, it can hear you, and it can still flash at the the infrared at the TV. But, um, and this one, I think, uh, and they started this before the the plague hit. But if you buy for the same price you can get the fire uh, TV cube with the food network kitchen, um, service added on for one year. So we haven't taken advantage of that yet, but, um, I don't know if we will, cause I don't know, Deb doesn't really do cooking shows that much, but, um, that's in there if a person wants that. So, um, but th- that's, you know, that was my pick just something so you can watch your TV shows. So I think with that, we will, uh, start to, um, uh, tell people where they can find out more about us. So why don't we start with uh, you, Melissa? Where can people uh, find out what you do?
0: You can find me online all over at The Mac Mommy, or you can go to my website, macmommy.com
1: And Lisa, where uh, where can people find out uh, about you?
2: On Twitter, it's at Sensei Dai, or you can go to 3 Kiki Ladies with the number 3 spelled out, which is the podcast I do with Suze Gilbert and Vicki Stokes.
1: And if people want to know more about uh, me, they can just go over to Mike-McPeak, that's M-C-P-E-E-K.com, and I've got links to all the stuff that I do there. Uh, And if you want to find out more about the show, head over to GeekiestShowEver.com. Reviews and comments and iTunes are always welcome, and we thank everyone who does that. We hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we have, and don't forget between now and next week, to hug a geek.